Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. And if you join us today in the Word of the Lord, we're returning to the book of Luke chapter 21. We'll read one verse of scripture in this 21st chapter. We'll be looking at the 36th verse of Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verse number 36. This is now concluding his Olivet Discourse, his lesson of eschatology. And he ends it like this, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And we look at a final lesson of the Lord's instruction in this great discourse and we preach today from this subject, simply pray. Simply pray. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, we're asking you, Lord, in the next little while that you would take, God, that which you have placed in our heart. Help us, dear God, to be delivered of it here today. And, dear God, that your word would be truly life and light. And, God, that we would embrace it, that we would not only have physical ears to hear, but spiritual hearts to understand, to receive the application of the word of God, that indeed it would become engrafted into our heart today. We're thanking you, Lord, God, for what we're about to receive and, God, how we shall respond by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hands and your voices to Him one more time? And can you make a joyful sound of praise and worship unto the Lord Jesus? I thank you today. Would you add the sound of joy and cheerfulness with it? Just make a sound of praise and worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And you may be seated. God bless you. The Lord has provided indeed a great amount of information in this 21st chapter of the book of Luke. Found also in the book of Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 24. He's provided a considerable amount of of information about things that will occur over time. And things that will happen as the age moves on. But at the end of the day and the end of his discourse, it leaves many minds agitated as to the unanswered question that indeed remains at the conclusion of his discourse. You have to understand that the original question that was posed to the Lord had to do with a two-part need for understanding when they ask in Luke chapter 21 and verse number 7 they ask saying master when shall these things be and what sign will there be when these things come to pass two important factors they wanted to know they wanted to know when and they wanted to know what 
We want a timeline and we want to know what kind of signs are going to come to pass that is going to give us clarity as we move forward. As you look at his discourse and you study the events that he lists here, it is pretty clearly stated the, the, the what as far as the signs are concerned. He speaks of crumbling temple stones that topple, not left one upon the other. He speaks of disrupted emotions, hearts being overcome by fear. He speaks of the physical assault that would come against the body, those that would be placed in prison, those that would die as a result of all of this, and the atmospheric changes, the sun, the moon, and the stars, all that would be altered in their particular course. But there is an incredible part of this information that is lacking and it is the wind. There, there is a when and a what, but and he gives us the what, but there's not a whole lot about the when. There is bountiful uh, information given concerning all of these events that will take place over decades and centuries of time, but there's not even a hint concerning the timeline and how that it would all fall into place. Now this has left you and I with a little bit of vulnerability because you and I not only want to know the what, the signs, we really want to know the when and we want to pinpoint the when. And leaving us with this particular vulnerability, it has pushed countless students of eschatology to, to try to pinpoint, using many different methods of calculation, to pinpoint the coming of the Lord. There will be some that will reach for the Jewish feast days and use them as a calendar to try to find out the when of the coming of the Lord. Those that reach for this particular method of calculation will tell you that, that he died on the feast of Passover. He was resurrected on the feast of first fruits, and his spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And if you continue the pattern, there are yet three feasts left to be fulfilled, and they would predict the next feast is the Feast of Trumpets which they say would be the rapture of the church. And so the need then to pinpoint when that particular feast takes place now grips minds and hearts. Others will use other methods for calculation. Many will reach for the headlines and try to apply them to various judgments, particularly those in the book of Revelation, that these are the fulfillment of these particular judgments. The only problem with this particular system is there are so many world events taking place that there's not enough trumpets to, to match all the events and so you simply move away from trumpets and you end up on French horns trying to get everything to come together at some place. And so all of this may, may indeed serve and have a place in, in, in all of the pointers toward the coming of the Lord. And they should not be ignored and we should not overlook all of these things. But the bottom line is simply this in Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father 
only. Whatever calculation is used, whatever system is applied, the bottom line is I don't know when he's coming and you don't know when he's coming and there's no way to pinpoint that. We've got a little bit about the what but we know nothing about the when but this is what we do know according to Paul in Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 2 that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He said it is like a woman that goes into travail. She knows she's going to give birth to something. She just doesn't know when. And I believe that in the world right now we are in the throes and the pains of travail. We know we're giving birth to something. We just don't know when it's going to happen. And that's why you and I need to be ready for the coming of the Lord at any moment and at any time. So the Lord sums up His discourse in the 21st chapter of the book of Luke and the 36th verse giving to us really what the goal of all of this really is. He's talked about the what. He's talked about crumbling temples. He's talked about emotions frayed, bodies assaulted, atmospheric changes. And now he comes to the 36th verse and he said, let me tell you what really the bottom line is. Let me tell you what's really important in all of this. That ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. According to Jesus, the when and what is not as near as important as the who, and the who is you. He said that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Can I tell you what the most important thing in this hour it's not when and it's not what but it's that you and I escape and are able to stand before the Son of Man the disciples still don't have it. They still can't wrap their minds around it. So on that memorable day, standing on the Mount of Olives, just before Christ is to ascend back into heaven, and the conclusion of His ministry is now being finalized, they probe His infinite mind one more time. They need to know something about when. And so they ask in chapter 1, verse 6 of the book of Acts, they say of Him, saying, Lord, wilt Thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and Jesus states in his answer to their question his ultimate priority when he says in verse number 7 it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power but he said this is where I want you to focus but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. He said I don't want you to be so much focused on the wind and the what? I want you to be focused on the who. And the who needs to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you the most important thing in all the world is not understanding the prophetic timeline, but the most important thing in all the world is to be filled from the top of your head to the sole of your feet with the baptism of the power of the Holy Ghost. 
that's the most important thing that anybody can ever receive is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If I can't figure out the feast days, if I can't figure out the events and apply them to particular things in Scripture, it really doesn't matter. But for me to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of me is the most important thing in all of the world. Can I tell you, God's more concerned about who than He is when and what. Well, somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He wants everybody. Oh, I wish you'd hear me now. He wants everybody to have the Holy Ghost. He wants everybody to be baptized with His Spirit. He wants everybody to become the temple of the Holy Ghost, to have the joy of the Lord on the inside of them. That's the most important thing in all of the world. I may not understand the prophetic clock, But if I have the Holy Ghost, I know that when He comes... His Spirit's going to connect with my spirit. And there's going to be a a coming together and gravity's going to turn loose. When the Spirit inside of me connects with the Spirit that's appearing in the sky above, it's vital, it's significant that I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, understand that in this fast-paced world that we are living in, and it's commandeering our our attention because we're living in a world that things are are happening so so very so very fast and even even this week if you've been paying attention to headlines you will know that there was a remarkable event that took place in the Middle East with a with an agreement between the UAE and and the nation of Israel and and it's just another little piece of the puzzle and and but if we're not careful if we're not careful we can get so focused in on, on all of these events that are taking place that we forget what is the most important thing in all of the world. Now, I'm not belittling where we are. I understand the seriousness of this hour that we're living in right now and COVID and pandemic and I have personal friends that are in the hospital today with this and on ventilators and I have personal friends that have died as a result of this. I'm not belittling this in any stretch of the imagination but can I tell you the most important thing factor in this present world is not surviving COVID, but it's escaping and standing before the Son of Man. The most important thing in all the world is not surviving this pandemic, but it's making sure that I'm able to stand before the Lord. That ought to be my priority as I traverse through this world that I'm living in right now that I'm not just trying to protect myself from what's happening in the physical I am trying to make sure I escape all that's coming upon the world and to stand before the Lord can I tell you on this Sunday morning that the importance and the value of you you standing You escaping is clearly seen in God's redemptive act on that hill called Calvary. You cannot help but look at that place called Calvary. You cannot help but peer at those wonderful horizontal and perpendicular bars of that place called Golgotha without understanding that God's utmost value is you and I. 
speaking and standing before him. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Why did he come? Why did he move into that tabernacle of flesh? He came because he wanted to reconcile you and I unto him to bridge the gap, to bring us together. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I tell you what God's top priority is? It's for you and I to escape and to stand. For God says in John 3 and 17 sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. Thank God for His provision. Thank God for His supply. Thank God for food on the table. Thank God for clothes on my back. Thank God for for fuel in my tank. Thank God for a job. Thank God for breath. Thank God for life. But I'm telling you the most important thing in all the world is that I'm reckless Reconciled unto him so that I can escape and to stand. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that when you look at Calvary, you can't see anything else but the fact that God wants you to escape and to stand. When you look at a cross where it is erected in hostility, the goal is for you to escape and to stand. When you look at a life that is, that is unjustly crucified, it's because He wants you to escape and to stand. When you look at the spilt blood that flows from Calvary, it's because He wants you to escape and to stand. If you look at the life that is so laboriously given there, ladies and gentlemen, it is because He wants you to escape and to stand. If you look at a man that's cruelly mocked, it's because He wants us to escape and to stand. If you look at a thorn pierced brow, it's because He wants you to escape and to stand. If you look at a beaten back, it's because He wants you to escape and to stand. If you look at nail pierced hands, it's because He wants you to escape and to stand. Can I tell you the most important thing in all the world is for you to survive and to move past this hour and to stand before the Son of Man. And if we would put as much value on our escaping and standing as God did in providing for our escaping and standing, we would crawl up to the cross on this Sunday morning and we would look up at the broken body of Christ and say, Lord, forgive me me of my sins we would crawl up to that blood stained hill and we would say Lord wash me in your blood cleanse me in your name and fill me with your spirit because I want nothing else but to escape and to stand in fact you can't help but reading the word of God to know that it's important for you and I to escape and to stand for when you read in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 the writer says that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us let us look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross 
despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, hear me today, friend. There's a cloud of witnesses saying, come on, you can make it. You don't have to be lost in this present world. You don't have to die in this society. You don't have to be pulled down by its sin and its shame. But you can rise up and you can make it if it will become important to you then ladies and gentlemen we're going to hear him on that great day say well done thou good and faithful servant because it's not when and what it is who the issue is simply this while indeed it is our desire and if I would take a poll on this Sunday morning just take a poll well let's do it let's just take a poll they take a poll for everything else they got, they, they, they got polls for all kinds of stuff. They got more polls than they have anything else. Let's just take a poll on this Sunday morning. Let's just, just, just see where, 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 where all the statistics fall right here. Is, is there anybody here that it's your goal to escape? Is there, is there anybody here? We're just going to take a poll. Is there anybody here that it's your, 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 your goal to stand before the Son of Man? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's my goal. That's, that's what I want to do. But you understand that there's, there's a chasm between my, my goal of escaping and standing. There's a chasm between that and actual reality of doing that. You can ask any person on the street, do you want to go to heaven? And they will tell you, by, by, by far they will tell you, I want to go to heaven. Here a few years ago they had a little evangelistic endeavor where people were going out on the street saying, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And uh, nobody wanted to go to hell. Everybody wanted to go to heaven because that's the goal of everybody. But there's a chasm between the stated desire and the actual reality and the problem with actually pressing through and, and pressing up becomes difficult. We know what we're supposed to do. We've already looked at it. We're, we're supposed to look up. But let's have on this Sunday morning. The fact is, it's hard sometimes to look up. We know we've already studied it and looked at it. We're supposed to have patience, endurance. We're supposed to press through. We're supposed to, to, to give it everything we've got. But let's be honest. We, we, we have a little problem sometimes in, in the fortitude that we need to push and to press. And, and we know we're supposed to watch. We're supposed to stand guard. But, but just be honest, you and I sometimes get negligent in our watching. And we're not as careful as we ought to. And so what is the answer? to all of this and he concludes his prophetic discourse by simply saying in that 36th verse pray that's the key to escaping and standing the only way I'm going to be able to look up is to pray the only way I'm going to be able to patiently endure is to pray the only way I'm going to stand guard and watch is I've got to find out how to pray and get a hold of God hear me today my friend your answer is not a bigger paycheck and it's not another stimulus your answer is not more provision here and more provision 
provision there. I'll tell you what your answer is. It's to pray. Pray like you've never prayed. Pray with everything you got. Pray with everything that's on the inside of you. Pray like you've never prayed. Pray like there's no tomorrow. But give it everything you got because if you'll pray, God will help us through and we'll escape and we will stand. The actual Greek words would simply be this. Pray at all times. Pray in every season. It don't matter what it looks don't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what the environment is. He says pray. That's the greatest thing you can do in the moment that we're living in right now. Throughout these four messages that we have preached we have repeatedly tell you, told you that things have got to become broken. It can't be fixed. Quit trying to fix it. It's not supposed to be fixed. God wants it to break. He wants it to fall apart. It's, mankind has got to come to the end of itself. Quit trying to put it all back into the box. There is no solution to all of this. There is no human answer to all of this. But I'll tell you how to do it. It's to get a hold of God and pray like you've never prayed before. They may not know how to do that in Washington but there's a church that knows how to pray. They may not know how to do that in the media but there's a church that knows how to fall on her knees and say God I don't know when and I don't know what so I'm going to do the only thing I know to do I'm going to call out I'm going to lift my voice up I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before I'm going to get a hold of heaven I'm going to get a hold of the horns of the altar I'm going to cry out I'm going to pour out my soul I'm going to give it everything I got hear me on this Sunday morning the best thing you can do is pray if you'll pray if you'll pray you see, we got to cling to prayer like it is our life preserver. We got to cling to prayer like it is. Ah, I see it. I see it. I see it. It's again. It's it's right over here. It's right. It's, give me that bag underneath there. Yeah, there, there, there it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just spotted it. I just spotted it. I just spotted it. We cling to. To everything like it's our, our, our life preserver. There are folks that put so much stock in the news. Ah, these are advertisements. There is no news in here. Ah, here, maybe just a little bit. Changing narrative is key to restaurant survival. Got a hold of my life preserver, my news. Got my got my daily fix of news. I, I can't make it unless I hear the news. I gotta know what they're doing. I gotta know what's going on. I gotta know what's happening. Ah, where are the numbers today? What are they doing in Washington? Got to hold on to all this stuff. Somebody quit bringing the funnies and they started bringing advertisements. Just, just gotta, gotta, gotta cling, gotta cling to it, gotta, gotta hold on to it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, the news is not your life preserver. 
There's nothing that's going to sustain your life uh, like prayer. If you'd wrap your mind around prayer like you do uh, uh, satellite radio, if you'd wrap your mind around news uh, or uh, prayer like you do all of the stuff coming out of Washington, I'm telling you folks, uh, we can make it in this present world because everything else uh, you cling to in this world is just going to take you down. But if you cling to prayer, you can make it. Come on, Daddy. It's time to pray. Come on, Mama. It's time to pray. Come on, young man, young lady. It's time to pray like we've never prayed before. Somebody put another log on that fire. Somebody turn up the heat a little bit. Somebody put a little intensity into it. He said if you want to escape and stand, you got to pray. Just got to pray. You got to pray. You got to pray. If you go back to the 17th chapter of the book of Luke, you read, or the, yes, the 17th chapter of the book of Luke, you, you read where, where Luke records the Lord's discussion about as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And then he goes through this little discourse that one's going to be in the field, one's going to be taken and the other left, and one's going to be baking bread, and one's going to be taken and the other's left, and, and one's going to be grinding at the meal, and one's going to be taken and the other left. And he goes through this whole process of what all is going to take place and then he gets to the 18th chapter of the book of Luke and he opens that 18th chapter and that first verse when he says men ought always to pray and not to faint he said while you're living in the signs of Noah while you're living in the signs of Lot while you're living in days that are so similar and act as if they're almost are on repeat he said I'll tell you what you ought to do you ought to pray and not to faint. Hey, this isn't time to have heart failure spiritually. This isn't time to fall apart in our life. This is time to get a hold of the horns and the altar because Luke 18 and 7 says, God will avenge His own elect that cry unto Him day and night though He bears long. Ladies and gentlemen, the key to this hour is to pray like we have never prayed before. In fact, in that 18th chapter of the book of Luke, he says in verse number 8, he says, He said, I will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. You see, the greatest exercise of faith is prayer. In other words, when he comes, shall he find folks praying in faith, or are they going to find them worrying and stewing? Oh, my. He said, when I come back, he said, I want to find somebody that says, you know what? It's bleak over here and it's dark over there and it's messed up back there and it don't look good yonder, but I'm praying and I believe there's a God that knows how to walk me through and take me out and carry me through and knows how to get me where I need to go. Ladies and gentlemen, when he comes, I don't want him to find me in a place of stewing. I want when he comes for him to find me in a place that says God I believe all things are possible with you I believe you're able to do anything God I trust you I have faith in you and I believe come on we need prayer I said we need prayer like we've never had it before in fact the greatest thing that you and I can do 
in this hour that we're in right now is pray. Because prayer is strength for our determination. It's fuel for our faith. And it's the fuse for power. Prayer is the connection point between us and God. Prayer is the humble confession. I don't know what to do, but God, you're able. It's the admission that I don't have any answers. And it's the declaration that my need is more urgent than what earth can supply and that only God can provide. That's the reason why you and I need to pray. Now listen to me. On this Sunday morning, I want you to to understand something. Because the devil has rocked some of us to sleep. He's lullabied some of us. We've come to to believe that there are some things that replace prayer. We talked last week about standing on the front porch of the church. I'm not talking about necessarily a physical building. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense, standing on the front porch of the church. There's, there's the possibility that I can stand on the front porch of the church and yet not be gripped with prayer. Ezekiel talks about it in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8, verse number 16. In Ezekiel's vision, he says, He brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were 25 men. And they had their backs toward the temple, and the face toward the east, and they worshiped the sun toward the east. The church was nothing more than an appeasement to their spiritual man but they was not involved in the mission of the church. Standing on the porch of the church, they were not involved in the greatest involvement that they needed to be involved in. They were standing between the porch and the altar, but they had their back to the things of God. And they were looking beyond the church, and they were worshiping other things. And they were reaching for other things. And they had allowed themselves to believe that as long as I'm standing on the proverbial steps, the porch of the church, that somehow or another I'll make it and I'll survive. And yet standing on the porch of the church, they never prayed. Standing on the porch of the church, they never called out to God. Standing on the porch of the church, they never reached out for the things of God. Standing on the porch of the religious and the spiritual, they never interacted with the things of of the Holy Ghost and rather they look from the porch of the church to other things they can embrace in the world ladies and gentlemen I'm telling you it's time to not just be physically in the church it's time to be spiritually in the church it's time to not just be in our body in the church it's time to be here with our heart our mind our soul and our strength it's time to quit just standing on the proverbial steps of the porch of the church while we're embracing everything of this world world. Uh, There's only one thing uh, that's going to bring about survival in the hour that we're in right now. It's what Joel talked about in Joel chapter 2 and verse number 17 when he said let the priest uh, 
the ministers of the Lord. Let them weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thy heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? He said it's time for somebody to step onto the porch of the church and say the only thing that we can do is to pray. The only thing we can do to change the course of our homes, our family, our world is to pray. The only thing that we can do to move this world the direction it needs to go is to get on the porch of the church and pray like we have never prayed in all our life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to embrace the kingdom of God like we've never embraced it in all our life and say I'm not just in the church in my body but I'm here in my soul my mind my strength everything that's on the inside of me and I'm going to pray like I have never ever prayed before wish I had a little witness in the house right now is anybody on this right hand side how about it in the middle Anybody over here on the left hand side? Come on. It's the only answer you and I got. I said it's the only answer you and I got. Is we got to step on the porch of the church and pray like we've never prayed before. And Joel said it like this in Joel 2.18. If you'll stand on the porch of the church and you'll pray, then will the Lord be zealous for His land and pity His people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto His people, Behold, I send you corn and wine and oil and you shall be satisfied therewith and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen and I'll remove far off from you the northern army. I'll drive them into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things fear not old land be glad and rejoice the Lord will do I said the Lord will do I said the Lord will do if you'll just get on the porch of the church and pray like you've never prayed before I'm telling you God is going to bless and move and provide and supply he's going to answer he's going to take care because God's hands not shortened that he cannot save and his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear he can do it if somebody just say me making it is more important than all the world and if I got to get a hold of the horns of the altar to get there I'll get a hold of the horns of the altar and I'll hang on until I escape and stand would you stand with me right now and somebody lift your hands and voices to the Lord ah Ah, come on, God's looking for somebody that'll pray. I said He's looking for somebody that'll pray. Come on, young man, He's looking for somebody that'll pray in this hour. Come on, Mom and Daddy. He's looking for somebody that'll pray. That's all you can do. If you're going to look up, you got to pray. If you're going to patiently endure, you got to pray. If you're going to watch, you got to pray. It is our answer. It is our answer. It is our answer. For Scripture simply says, Herod's design in the 12th chapter of the book of Acts 
was that he would take Peter also. He's already beheaded James. He's intending to now behead Peter. But Scripture tells us in the book of Acts chapter 12 in verse number 5 that Peter was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto him. Somebody said, let's climb up on the porch of the church. Let's pray. Peter's in prison. Will you help me now? Thomas? Luke? Andrew? Mary? Prayer meeting's going on. We need a deliverance now. We need some answer. We need God to work. And one by one they filed into the house. Found a corner somewhere. Found a place in an old handmade chair. Knelt down. Maybe in the corner with their face into the dirt floor. They begin to plead and say, Oh God, what are we going to do? Our leader's in prison and God, the only way it can work and he can get out, you got to do something. You know what Herod's intentions are, but you're greater than Herod's intentions. And while they're praying on the other side of town, while they're praying on the other side of town, come here, while they're praying on the other side of town, Peter's in that prison. He's got his feet out in chains. He's got his hands in chains. Prayers being made on the other side over here. God, gotta have an answer. Gotta have an answer now, God. If we're gonna escape and stand, we gotta have an answer. And while they're praying. While they're lifting their voice on the other side of town, an angel is slipping in. Got the master key to the lock. Walks in. Got the key to the chains. One down, two down. Feet unloosed. Hey, Pete. Time to get up, boy. Peter opens his eyes and can't understand what's going on. No, something's happened. Things in a vision. And it's, the angel leads him out, gets him outside of the prison. Peter comes to his senses and he says, You know what? I think I just had a miracle. God just sent his angel and got me out. Woo! And you're just drawn to prayer. I said, you just drawn to prayer. Peter didn't know about the location. But when prayer's going up, it'll just draw you to prayer until he winds up at Mary's house and he knocks on the door. And Rhoda says, you know what? Our answer is standing at the door. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen, on this Sunday morning. The answer in this end time generation is to pray like you've never prayed before. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. Come on, mom and dad. Pray, 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 pray. Give it everything you got. Give it everything you got. 
God give it everything you got. God's going to answer. God's going to open the doors. He's going to unlock the prisons. The chains are going to come loose. Freedom can be had in this present world. Simply pray. Somebody lift your hands to heaven. Would you tilt your face toward glory? Come on, there's people here right now. You need some answers. You need some direction. You need God to do something. Come on, quit clinging to everything else in this end time. Come on, quit clinging to everything else in this hour right now. Come on, quit clinging to all of it. I need you to lift your voice with me right now. And I need you to pray with me all over this building right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. I need you to pray. I need a mama or a daddy right now that'll lift your voice and your hand to the Lord. And you'll pray like you have never, ever prayed before. Would you do it with me right now? Come on. Come on. God's calling you to prayer. God's calling you to prayer. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.